my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord, you're present with us. I'd like to say a few words about uh, the Mass. And this will be the first meditation of many about the Holy Mass. about the source and summit of our faith. We will speak of your presence in our lives through the Mass, our participation in your life through it, the prayers of the Mass, what they mean, how deeply this entire prayer is rooted in Scripture. We'll speak to you about what we bring to Mass and who we receive at Mass. For what could be better? At Holy Mass, we encounter you. You are truly present and are truly with us. In short, the Mass is worth meditating upon and it's worth praying over, praying well. And we ought to learn what it means to worthily assist at Mass. It used to be very common parlance to speak about assisting at Holy Mass. And it wasn't just in reference to the deacon or the lector. or the altar server, or the sacristan, or the cantor, or the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Yes, all of these are ways of assisting at Holy Mass. But the Holy Mass is not a work of the priest alone or the ministers alone. The Holy Mass is a work of the people of God, of the body of Christ. And it's a work of God. You've probably heard the Mass referred to as the liturgy. In the Eastern churches, it's called the divine liturgy. The divine work. Our Lord is working. And the body of Christ is working with him. We all have a work to play as members of the body of Christ when we offer this most holy sacrifice. The priest says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be made acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. So before we talk about what we actually do, before we even get into the prayers of the Mass. It's worth considering how we approach the Mass. Talking a little bit about what it is and how we approach it. How we prepare our hearts 
Because so often, Lord, it's so easy to be, um, for lack of a, a better term, not well recollected, uh, distracted. Thinking of everything but you when we walk into this space. So how do we become recollected for holiness? How do we enter into this most precious union with you, this, the, the, the prayer beyond all prayers? St. John Chrysostom has said this. Go to the church as if you were going to Calvary and behave yourself before the altar as before the throne of God in company with the holy angels. See what modesty, what reverence, what attention are requisite from us in order that we may carry away the fruit and the blessings which Almighty God is wont to bestow on him who honors with devout demeanor these sacred mysteries. The author of this book speaks about this holy silence, this holy recollection. Because there's beautifully silence worked into the liturgy, and that's for a reason. We don't always need noise. Indeed, we need silence. This author says, we read that while the sacrifice of the old law were being offered by the Jews, which were not yet the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ, they were, the, the sacrifice had not come to its fulfillment. They were simply prefiguring a greater sacrifice to come, the sacrifice of Christ. He said, yet with all this, it seemed as if the temple were empty. It was full, full of people, but not the very slightest noise, not even a breath being heard. Now, if so much respect and so much veneration were practiced toward those sacrifices, which after all were only a mere shadow, a simple figure of ours, what silence, what devotion, what attention does not Holy Mass deserve, and which the Immaculate Lamb himself the divine word is offered for us in sacrifice. This is the best thing we do. The best thing anyone has ever done. The divine word is offered for us in sacrifice. In the New Old Testament, we hear this phrase, Introibo, introibo ad altare dei, ad deum quilitificat juventutum meam, which was repeated many, many, many times throughout history, not only when it was read in Scripture, but when it was recited at Holy Mass. For before the priest even reached the sanctuary, 
he would say these words, which means, I go unto the altar of God, to God who gives joy to my youth. He's making an act of faith. I go unto the altar of God, to God who gives joy to my youth. This is the prayer of someone who longs for and understands what it is to worship God. And it's a prayer that we can pray. I go to the altar of God. I go to the altar of God. To God who gives joy to my youth. St. Maria says, as we prepare for Mass, we should bring to mind three questions. Who becomes present? To whom does he become present? And why does he become present? Being a little bit intentional about this holy sacrifice goes a long way. Talk about lifting up your heart. He also says, stir up in yourselves lively sentiments of faith, hope, and love. Pause for a moment. Think about, what am, I, what am I doing? Who am I meeting? It goes a long way. For a moment, just be still. The psalmist writes in Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. A well-known scholar of the Psalms says that some Psalms were written for the good times while others were written for the times when the future seemed uncertain and were perhaps uh, filled with impending troubles. This Psalm was written for people living in times of change and uncertainty. So Psalm 46 be still and know that I am God, provides the reassurance that God is stable when all else seems unstable. When we approach our Lord and Holy Mass, we remember He is the center of the universe. Around Him, everything else resolves, revolves. And while everything is in this is in torment. Everything seems caught up in the storm. He does not move. The only movement he makes is toward us, to be in communion with us, to be with us. He will move heaven and earth to be with us. And in order to be with him, we have but to be still. Be still and know that I am God. We can only truly pray if we have a time of silence. So we need, when we come to Mass, a certain degree of stillness. Mother Teresa has said, In the silence of your heart, God speaks. 
If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. And I love this line. Then you will know that you are nothing. It is only when you realize your nothingness, your emptiness, that God can fill you with himself. Souls of prayer are souls of great silence. So thankfully, we have worked into the liturgy, worked into the Holy Mass, these periods of silence. When we come to Mass, it's not more of the same thing. It's not another concert. It's not another picnic. It's not another event. It's not another coffee shop. It's different because of who is here. Our Lord is here. When Holy Mass is properly celebrated, there are moments in which both the voices of the priest and the faithful are silent. Or perhaps the priest is praying, but it's in sotto voce, a low voice. And I know there are many people praying in sotto voce, in a low voice. There is a stillness that is proper to this prayer and a stillness that we ought to have before Holy Mass. If you've ever uh, stopped by the sacristy within 10 minutes of Holy Mass, especially a Sunday Mass, and um, you're like, hey, Father, just one thing. Um, I have to, like, <laughs> uh, turn off my recollection and turn to people. And I know there, there are things that everyone needs 10 minutes before Mass, of course. Um, I say this perhaps uh, for so a few, a few less people could say um, can come into the sacristy 10 minutes before Mass. Because I, I, need, to, I need to pray. It's something I do every day and yet I need to recollect. What, what are we doing? I need some stillness. We need some calm before we do the best thing that we do. It is the stillness proper to the most beautiful thing in existence. When we think about that, that's, that, that makes perfect sense, right? When you hold your newborn, newborn child in your arms, is one of the most beautiful things in the world. You want stillness, silence, simple communion with this child. Some of the best moments in life are when you say nothing at all. Because to say something would it'd be inappropriate. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right. There is a stillness proper to the most beautiful things in existence. This author calls it a quiet area of attentiveness in which the beautiful and truly important reign. Once we try to achieve such profound stillness, we realize that it can't be accomplished all at once. We have to work at it. 
You must practice it. And in those minutes before Holy Mass, perhaps those are the best minutes to try to practice this silence. Even if there's the hustle and bustle of people being seated, even if there are babies crying, even if the choir is practicing, try to be recollected in those moments. Show up a little bit early. Perhaps we begin this recollection on our way to Mass. I'm not sure if it's on the radio now, but growing up, there was always the, I think it was called the American Country Countdown on the radio. And all morning, Sunday morning, right, they, they would play the top 40 country songs. And of course, we have the radio on all morning listening to this. And Dad would turn it off on the way. Nope, we gotta, we gotta pray, guys. We gotta get ready for Mass. Oh, come on, Dad. You were singing that. He says, it'll be on after Mass. Because it just repeated over and over all day long on Sunday. But even on the way to church, are we becoming recollected? St. Josemaria writes, Have you ever thought how you would prepare yourself to receive our Lord if you could go to communion only once in your life? We must be thankful to God that he makes it so easy for us to come to him. But we should show our gratitude by preparing ourselves very well to receive him. There's a prayer I keep seeing everywhere, and I started to see as I approached ordination, and I see everywhere, just about in every rectory and in every sacristy. A simple sign that says, Priest of God, celebrate this Mass as if it was your first Mass, as if it was your last Mass, as if it was your only Mass. And I think it's worth reminding ourselves of this, perhaps on the, on the front of the hymnals when we get them back, in the front of the, the, the pew missile when we get it back. Child of God, assist at this Mass as if it was your first Mass, as if it was your last Mass, as if it was your only Mass. St. Josemaria continues, Tell our Lord that from now on, every time you celebrate Mass or attend it, and every time you administer or receive the sacrament of the Eucharist, you will do so with great faith, with a burning love, just as if it were to be the last time in your life. Do I long for my Lord? Do I long to be with him? Do I long for union with him?
I bring to mind just how profound this union with him is. This past year was very difficult for very many people. Especially for the period of time when very many people were unable to come to Holy Mass. Unable to receive our Lord in Holy Communion. And yet I found in the faithful in very many people an increased love of the Blessed Sacrament and appreciation for our Lord. We actually longed for it in a way that we hadn't before. We stopped taking it for granted because we didn't have it. That is perhaps a saving grace our Lord always uses. Suffering as a means, if we're willing to draw hearts to himself. Let's make these words of Jesus our own. I have longed and longed to eat this Passover with you. There's no better way to show how great our concern and love for the holy sacrifice than by taking great care to prepare for the holy sacrifice with intention, with recollection, in silence, in stillness. To really make it an act of love. St. Josemaria continues, he says so much about preparing for Mass. We should receive our Lord in the Eucharist as we would prepare to receive the great ones of the earth. Or even better, with decorations, with lights, with new clothes. And if you ask me what sort of cleanliness I mean, what decorations and what lights you should bring, I will answer you. Cleanliness in each one of your senses. Decoration in each of your powers, light in all your soul. If we were to meet the Pope, he'd dress up. If we were to receive him into our home, we'd be prepared. We'd be well recollected. And the Pope's wonderful. He is the vicar of Christ on earth. But we receive our Lord into the home of our souls. Are we prepared? There's a prayer of 
preparation for Holy Communion, which is also a prayer of spiritual communion, which we can pray often. Which I think, due to its simplicity and its beauty, is beyond any other spiritual communion, also for its brevity. And it's beautiful mostly because it speaks of Our Lady. And it goes like this. I wish my Lord to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your most holy mother received you with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. That's one. That's an awesome grace to ask for. Asking you shall receive. Lord, give us the confidence to ask for that grace. That in each and every Mass, we may receive you as your most holy mother did. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me during this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.